So where have all the 20-somethings gone? Now this is a question that has had a lot of ink spilled over, a lot of books written, a lot of conversations had about where the 20-somethings have gone. And it's a question that I deal with every day and that our churches deal with every day as well. Now one thing that I think that is attributed to this is that there's a growing belief that churches are insular, that they are places that are only concerned with itself and with its people, that they simply exist for the benefit of itself. Now to me this says that the church has lost its purpose, it's forgotten its mission. Young people today, they seek careers that, are, that give their lives purpose, things that give them meaning to their life. And this is over things like financial security. I read a statistic somewhere that said that uh, young adults are willing to take as much as a 50% pay cut from a job that they currently have that offers them little to no purpose in order to take on a job that offers them a lot of purpose. And that shows where their values are, especially when it comes to work. And their absence is evidence that they believe the church has lost its purpose. Now, I'm saying this as a generality and not specifically at El Segundo, but this does not leave this church unaffected. This perception of church does not leave our church unaffected. And it's also a good chance to reflect on these things. Have we strayed from our purpose? Are we a church that is so insular that exists mostly for ourselves? Now, in order to thwart this perception, we need to rethink the purpose of coming together to worship. Now, in his worship ritual routine, Jesus begins hiking up a mountain with his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and tells them that they're going to go up this mountain to pray. And as he is going up to pray, there are many times in the gospel where it speaks of Jesus going up a mountain to pray, except this time he's bringing along some friends. And as Mike uh, read the text for today, now today is Transfiguration Sunday. It's this Sunday that is set aside every year on this date in order to talk about this story. And there are three instances of this story throughout the Bible, one in Matthew, one in Mark, and one in Luke. Now, Luke's story offers us something very, how do I say this, very Luke-like. He adds his own kind of flair to it, and these details, I think, are extremely important for us to pay attention to. Now, Luke is the only gospel that mentions praying, believe it or not. This is where I understand that Luke is centralizing this story around going up the mountain to worship, that the purpose of going up the mountain is to worship. In Matthew and Mark, this uh, need to pray is not mentioned at all. Also, only in Luke is the content of the conversation between Jesus, uh, Elijah, and Moses recorded And from the text it says, and they were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Matthew and Mark don't seem to uh, make make it a necessary point to mention the content of the conversation that Moses, Elijah, and Jesus have. Now this detail is so important because it begins an important theme in Luke. 
Now Luke focuses the narrative on Jerusalem. He is communicating to his audience the ultimate destination of Jesus' journey. And this is just like the author Tolkien where in The Hobbit, the dwarves, they're focused on the misty mountain. We know that that is the destination of their journey, that they're always headed towards this place. And it's the same in Luke that Luke mentions that Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem to remind his readers always of where Jesus is headed. And so multiple times in his gospel, Luke mentions that Jesus turns his face towards Jerusalem. And this is unlike any other gospel. And this is a reminder that Jesus' ultimate purpose, his purpose here on earth, is in Jerusalem. It's as as if Luke is saying, just wait until Jesus gets to Jerusalem and see what happens there. Now Luke writes both Luke and Acts, and he writes them both as a part one and a part two, and they're meant to be understood together. And the kind of overarching theme that Luke has is that in Luke, Jesus and the disciples are headed towards Jerusalem, that that is where the central purpose is. And then in Acts, that the disciples and many others depart from Jerusalem. And that is, this, that is kind of the focus that Luke is bringing into it. And so within the details of Luke's story, we have him highlighting going up a mountain to worship in Jesus' ultimate purpose. Now these aren't two separate pieces, but they're meant to be understood as cause and effect. Jesus worships up the mountain in order to prepare himself for the purpose that lie ahead. In this moment, Jesus is also preparing Peter, James, and John for their purpose that is ultimately down the mountain as well. But Peter responds by saying that he would like to build three dwellings, a kind of weird response and an attempt to maybe stay on the mountain, to keep Elijah, Moses, and Jesus on the mountain in this kind of magnificent experience. Now these three, Peter, James, and John, they're within the inner circle of Jesus, and they would become the future leaders of the church. They would begin in Jerusalem at Pentecost and then move outward from Jerusalem, spreading the gospel to the whole world. Now this magnificent worship experience was for the specific intent of preparing the group to live out their purpose. When I was the youth director over at uh, Faith United Methodist um, before coming here, uh, there was this time where I was uh, wrestling with my call to be um, ordained as an elder within the United Methodist Church. And one of the requirements, um, maybe not a requirement, uh, what one of the things that this large group of people um, that kind of I guess, vet the uh, candidates. Uh, They look for your call story. And one of the important things about your call story is that they want you to specifically be called towards the elder track. And there are two tracks with the United Methodist Church. There's the deacon track and the elder track. And so I knew that I needed to figure out which track I was being called to and that I was uh, allowing God to speak into that and waiting for God to speak as to what my calling would be. And so 
we're going up to our winter retreat, which is just this retreat that we have in the mountains. It's actually on the last uh, weekend in February, so it was actually last week. And we were going up the mountain, and we had just found out the week uh, prior that our current senior pastor and his family were being reassigned to another church. Right? And this is the reality of being a pastor within the United Methodist Church, that you can be at any time plucked up from your church and moved to another church, and that's called itinerancy. And now this was a surprise to us and the pastor and his family at the time. They didn't expect it. The church didn't expect it. Uh, We didn't expect it. And so his two eldest sons were in my youth group at the time. And so we'd had conversations about what this meant um, for them, how their lives were going to change, trying to offer them, you know, a a glimpse of hope in this time. And so as we're going into this weekend, they realized that this might be their last winter retreat with us, that they were kind of saying their, their, they started beginning saying their goodbyes to their youth group, these people that they had grown up with. And it's it's within this context and within this framework that as we went into our last night, uh, what we called meditation, it's just this kind of worship uh, night type atmosphere. And in that time, our worship leader uh, was playing this song, and the song is called As For Me, and the lyrics of that song go, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when I had heard those lyrics, those words hit me like a ton of bricks. And the reason why it hit me like a ton of bricks was because I realized that in that moment, that I knew that what was happening to my youth and their family was going to happen to my future family. And I knew at that moment that it was going to be okay, that it was going to be okay, that what was happening with this pastor and his family, despite the hardships, besides the strain that it would have on their family, that I knew that I would have to go through this at some point. And in that moment, I knew that I was called towards the elder track. And the reason is that only elders are itinerant. Only elders have to face that reality that they um, every year could be serving one church and then called to serve another church. And so in that moment, I knew that that was for me. It was in that moment that I was prepared for my future calling as an elder within the United Methodist Church, that in this worship experience, this mountaintop experience, that I was being geared towards my, pro- my purpose. This story reminds me that when you open yourselves up, allowing God to speak into your lives, God speaks. So why do you gather for worship? Why do we gather for worship 52 times a year, or for some of us maybe it's once a month, or for some of us maybe it's once a year, or maybe it's the uh, Christmas and Easter um, only folks, right? But why do we gather for, for worship? What is the purpose behind it? Yes, part of it is to gather. Part of it is to see old friends, to sing, to sing songs, to rest, or to grow spiritually. Yes, those things are important. But ultimately, ultimately, all of that is for the purpose of preparing you to do God's work in this world. And by God, do we need workers now? 
50% of youth that grow up in the church lose their faith when they go to college. There is a huge increase in active shooter drills on school campuses. And one of the highly unfortunate jokes that, peop- that youth use against people now is to say that you look like a school shooter. This is something unreal to me, that that is a joke that goes around now, and that is the world that they are living in. The financial strain in L.A. County has led to a growing number of homeless people. The United Methodist Church is possibly on the verge of schism after the content and the results of the Special General Conference in St. Louis this past weekend, and many people are heartbroken over the results. Folks, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this world, and we aren't immune from it. We cannot be insular from it. We are the catalyst of change in this world, whether you're 103 or 3. We all have a purpose. As Jesus begins focusing his ministry towards Jerusalem, the site where he would be crucified for our sin, resurrected three days later, and establish a new covenant on that first Easter, it's fitting that on this Sunday, the Sunday before Lent begins, that we also begin to shift our focus towards Easter as well as the purpose that was begun there. This was Jesus' ultimate purpose, and he was faithful until the very end. We're all part of that same purpose that was initiated in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. When our purpose aligns with God's purpose, things start to happen. We may not expect it. We may not even want it but be open to it. And so we come to worship and to prepare ourselves to once again go out with purpose or to discern a new purpose or to gather people around a communal purpose. By remembering this every time we gather to worship, our church can thwart becoming an insular place only concerned with itself. The United Methodist mission statement is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And so what is El Segundo's next step in living out that mission? What dream or program needs to begin to live that out? Now I have to preface this story that um, and I struggled with whether or not should I should even tell this story. Um, but wherever you fall in the spectrum of your belief uh, regarding uh, human sexuality, I think that we could agree that in the end that loving the person is the most important thing above all else, right? And that comes first. For a while, I was driving for Uber, and I was an Uber driver. I was actually driving for Uber while I worked here. Um, And I had picked up this gentleman and his friends. And I picked them up from a gay bar in Long Beach And they had been celebrating, um, so they had a few drinks in their system, and so they were a little bit more uh, talkative, I guess, than your your average person. And if you don't know, Uber is like a modern-day taxi where non-taxi drivers with their own cars are able to drive people around, right? And so I was doing that. Um, It's a good way to make a little bit extra money. And I started talking to this gentleman, and uh, he had we just got in a conversation that they were celebrating his uh, graduation that he had gotten his master's in social work. 
and so that they were celebrating this. And somehow we got into the conversation, and somehow I revealed to him that I was um, trying to become a pastor. And naturally, when I say that, the conversation turns spiritual. That's the natural progression of things. And he told me, he said, I was once a Christian, and I once grew up in the church a long time ago while I was a kid. And he said that while he was growing up, uh, he had always known that he was gay, and that when he decided to come out to his parents as well as his pastor, the first thing that they decided to tell him was that he was going to hell. And at that moment, he left the church. And he told me that he told me that he would never be Christian again because of that, that he could never be a part of a church like that. And naturally, I apologize on behalf of Christians everywhere for the way that they had treated him and that that's not the way that he should be treated. And upon just having this conversation with him, he said, you know, though, but I am discovering spirituality again. He said that even though that I don't see myself ever being a Christian again, that I want to live out Christian beliefs and that he wanted to help as many people that he could and those that are especially underprivileged in his vocation as a social worker and that he believed in the values that Christianity offered. And upon completing the ride, he said, can I give you a hug? And so he got out of the car and he gave me a hug. And that was it. But when a church forgets its purpose, that it's about, supposed to be about loving people first, people get hurt. Now we cannot forget our purpose. And so Lord, we ask for your guidance and your vision. Please join me in singing, Be Thou My Vision, number 451. And if you're able, please stand.